Lomas Brown from the Lions Radio Network. Colin. is standing by uh, on the Meyer guest sign. How you doing? What's going on, buddy? I'm good. Huge. How you doing? Did you say you're cold? Uh, no, no, no. I was talking to the wife. I was just teasing my wife. I was like, I don't know, Huge. I was just acting. Re- I don't know. I don't know. We all we all go there. We don't know. Hey, a lot of us get to that point, Lomas, <laughs> where we don't know why we said something to the woman in our right, life. Right, right, right. <laughs> you, know, you get this advanced age and you just say things that you don't even know why. I know. <laughs> She's like, hey, I'm, I'm getting dinner ready. How long are you going to be on the phone with that huge guy? And you're like, uh... Uh, is the phone working? <laughs> you say something where where you, you pause for a moment. And you go, do I have do I have the onset of dementia right now? Is that yeah, right? Right. <laughs> she's like, she looks at you like you know. She's going, okay, sure. I didn't even say anything about the phone. Uh, right, right. But, all right. Well, uh, yeah, man. Uh, we'll get to the Lions and the Packers and uh, the Sunday night finale, uh, regular season game yesterday. About this time, everybody was getting word that it had been flexed, uh, which is awesome for the Lions to get that big stage. They just need help from Baker Mayfield and McVay and the Rams to beat the Seahawks. But remember, the Seahawks don't have a pass rush. Baker Mayfield could have a big day. Uh, we'll see what happens there. We'll talk about that, but. Uh, as a former NFL player, I want to get your thoughts on uh, when you first locked in on what happened to DeMar Hamlin last night in Cincinnati. What were you thinking? Oh, man. I, it, it was shocking at first just to see him fall back the way he fell. And, you know, and, and just the reaction of the players, huge. I, I, that was just, that was the telltale sign. And, Again, you know, no no comparison because he was all right and you weren't dealing with CPR and life and death right there. But it just is kind of the somber move that was over when Mike Utley got paralyzed there. And then hearing from a lot of alumni, about 12 alumni, uh, Lions alumni, they were upset because the announcers kept saying that this has never happened, but they were teammates of Reggie Brown. Uh, when he went down here, um, and they actually had to resuscitate him. So it has happened. So, you know, just thoughts and prayers are with him. And, man, I'm just hoping that he recovers, that he comes out of this, man, because this is just, this would just be tragic. So hopefully, man, things will, will look up for him. But right now, it's just, we're just in a wait and see pattern. And that's how it should be. It shouldn't be nothing talked about football, the games, this, that, that, and that. It should all be thoughts about him and his health and hopefully him get. Uh, recovery. Yeah, I brought up the Reggie Brown story last hour with Frank Schwab from Yahoo.com that Reggie had stopped breathing, CPR was performed, and I, I think last night where you get the emotion is anytime somebody sees CPR being performed, you think life and death, right? Absolutely. I mean, and again, and I'm glad the NFL did what they did. Well, they didn't really have a choice. So it's not like I'm glad they did what they did. They didn't have a choice. There's no way as a player. It's hard enough when you see guys get injured on the field and know you got to go back out on that field and that injury could happen to you. And I'm talking about knees, ankles, shoulders, whatever like that. 
when you talk about a person having to be resuscitated, a person that had basically died on the field, that's just something that nobody can even imagine. It's something that you never think about, you know, but it's something that was so surreal. It just kind of took your breath away. It really did. And thank goodness for the technology, the responders, you know, the doctors. Just thank thank goodness just all this uh, thing pointed towards safety has just taken everything that they do to a whole nother level. Uh, How about Reggie Brown when they had to resuscitate him and perform CPR at the Silver Dome back in 97, the Lions a Jets game, they, after getting him uh, back breathing, they had the ambulance out on the field. They took him away, and the Lions continued that game. That was crazy. That's what I'm saying. It's so, it's so different now. Now, huge. Just see, you just see how football was back in our days, and just how football is so different today. You are absolutely right from everything, just everything you could think of. I mean, even uh, you know when you talk about some of the things that happened in the past with Daryl Stingley and just some of the other Chuck Hughes and just everything. You just go back there; it was just played differently. It was just thought up differently. But today, with social media and just you know with everything that comes along with that, I just don't. I, I just could, the, the NFL was in a no-win situation. It's just no way. Unless they've heard from the hospital, he's responsive and everything's all right. But still, then it would just been hard. I interviewed Reggie Brown. You know, he's from Austin, Texas. He still had the halo on. It was the off season during his recovery. He came in studio. And this is a true story, Lomas. I was working for KJFK in Austin, Texas. He played high school ball in Austin. Played at Texas A and M. He comes in studio, and we're talking about the injury what he remembered, uh, what the process will be. Uh, Again, not even thinking about playing football again, just wanted to get the halo off and uh, get everything medically right. So we're having a conversation about what he remembered. And Lomas, my producer, never hit the record button on the cassette. And I'm talking with Reggie right across from me. And I said, what do you remember? He says, well, I I remember kind of getting knocked out, and then I saw my grandmother – at a carnival. And I'm like, wow. yeah, hold on. This, I, this is like goosebump stuff. And this is the truth. I, I would not lie. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, yeah, I saw her and uh, she she said, you're not ready or something. Like, this is out of a movie. And I'm going, and I'm just, I, I, I'm like, wow. I, I, I go, so you saw the other side? He goes, yeah, I think I did. Again, I don't know when you're knocked out, when you're... <laughs> you know, when you're not, you know, you start breathing, but he was still knocked out. Do you hallucinate? I I don't know, because I've never been on that side. You know what I mean? Wow. I've never yeah. stopped breathing. And then, you know, I told my producer afterwards, hey, we got to get this tape to all the networks. And I saw his face turn white. And he's like, I didn't hit the record button. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. But, but Reggie, you know, recovered, doing well. And. Yeah. yeah, man. I, and the Lions, that was the Barry game. I think they kept it going. Didn't Barry get 2,000 against the Jets that yeah, day? I, I think, it, I think right. it might have been that game. Yeah, yeah man. That's yeah. crazy. I, you know, and yeah. the one thing I said last hour with Frank Schwab, national columnist for Yahoo.com for the NFL, I, I know this is tragic and it's violent in the game and big men and running faster, bigger, stronger. But compared to how many snaps, how many games – 
uh, in the NFL, uh, these tragedies aren't happening every game or every day. Yeah, and they and and huge is the other thing I'm gonna say now is they knew they knew the NFL knew that something like this could happen. They are they had their actuaries up there doing the numbers, and they know, like you said, you put the combination of the size of these guys, the speed of the game, the you know the impact and the collision. They knew that something like this could happen that that a player or they actually said that someone would end up or could end up dying on the football field you know so they know this it's an apparent risk and like I say man it's a risk that you know as a player you just don't think about that you just don't you can't go out on the field thinking about you may get hurt or this may be your last game. You do that. I mean, you're going to be so ineffective. You're right. You are going to mess around and get hurt. So that's something that you put in the back of your mind. But when it's thrown up in your face, when you see it in cold blood reality right there, then you do. You start thinking about some of the things or how blessed you are to uh to be you know be healthy and just like me man 18 years 18 years man one surgery i mean i was just so blessed to be able to come out that game the way i've come out of it and and, and that's all i could say that's that's it because it is a violent game did you think about your mortality when you were playing did you and your teammates in the nfl ever talk about it nope. did you, you ever you, nope. you never thought about it no nope. Nope, it was never a thought. Never, man. I remember huge. I remember going up to the late, great Leonard Thompson, who was in his 12th year when I came in as a rookie. And I'm sitting over there, and I'm like, wow, man, this dude played 12 years in the NFL. You know, you're looking at that. And I asked him, I was like, man, I was like, man, you've been in the league for 12 years. And he looked at me, and he said, young fella, he said, it's going to go by so fast. He said, you're not going to believe it. Enjoy it. And, man, right then, as a first year, didn't understand it. But, man, he he never lied. Those 18 years I played huge, they went by so fast, man. And that's that career. It does. You know, you come in as a rookie and think you're going to play forever and think, you know, that this, this is your lifestyle. This is the way it's going to be. And like I say, it's one play. Every play, any play, could be your last play out there on the field. So I'm just hoping that he that he recovers, man. That's what I really, really want. Yeah, I think when we're in our 20s, uh, 30s, we we don't think about mortality. We don't, and not yeah. just as a football player. It can be no no matter what you're doing. We we don't think yeah. about dying. We don't think about death unless something tragic yeah. uh, happens to us or our family, and then. I will think about it. But it was interesting to hear you say as an NFL player and going back to your days at Florida and even before that high school that uh, and you get to the NFL that you never you never, ever thought like, man, I could die in the field. You know, not once. No, no. Huge. It was never a thought. It was never thought about that. So, I, I mean, and I, I don't know. Maybe I was oblivious to it. Maybe it was just something you just conditioned not to think about. You know what I'm saying? Because you see injuries all the time. And you think about it, you become immune to stuff like that after a while, to injuries. 
you know, seeing that happen. But, you know, again, we're talking life and death. We talk life and death with what went on last night. And, no, that's when you do think about it. That's when a lot of these guys, I guarantee you, most of them guys today are sitting back at home because it's an off day. They sitting back reflecting on the game that they playing. They're thinking about him, but they're reflecting on this game that they're playing now. You may have some guys that really put a lot of thought that might have been on the fence to maybe retiring or playing. You know, it might be the thing that pushed them over. You never know, but you got a lot of guys reflecting on what happened to that young man and reflecting on what could happen to them today. Did any of the Lions players that you knew, because you were gone, I think, off to Arizona in 97 with Reggie Brown, who had to be resuscitated, stopped breathing with a neck injury, CPR, and that Lions-Jets game at the old Silver Dome. Did any of those Lions players who you knew ever talk about how that affected them moving forward? Yeah, well, I know, again, I could tell that it did because, of the, the, again, the text that was sent out last night from those 12, 12 of those former players. You could tell you, I mean, I don't I, I can't calculate how many years that's been, but like you said, it's been since 97. And those guys, as soon as that happened to that young man, you know, it, again, it was reflected. You see, it brought back memories to those guys. So, yeah, you know, openly, no, I don't know anybody that's come out and just said, you know, how they are affected about what happened to Reggie. But you know it has to. I mean, we're still, I'm still affected about what happened to Mike Utley, you know, still to this day. And that's been 31 years ago, you know, still affects us. When I think about we played the same game, almost the same position, played on the same surface. But yet still, why when Mike went to block a guy and the guy, he missed the guy, he fell. He fell perfectly enough to, uh, you know, to paralyze himself. You know what I'm saying? When in a game, I fall, I fell forward so many times. So many times I've, fall, I've fallen like that forward and stuff, and none of that happened. So you just, you know, you just, you, you count your blessings. You really do. Lomas, uh, we'll talk about the Packers-Lions later in the week. I'm going to end the conversation on that. I thought it was uh, really good stuff from you, from the heart and honesty and about uh, everything connected to DeMar Hamlin and Reggie Brown and Utley and the Lions. I really appreciate your conversation today on the show, and we'll talk later in the week. I'll get your thoughts on the Lions-Packers, okay? Thanks, Huge. Take care. Yeah, man. I just I, Talking about the game after that was just uh, – I've done this, you know, almost 31 years. It just wasn't the right spot. Just wasn't. 